this generation was told, in a sense, yeah, you can have it all, but you also have to have it all. You know, there's all these expectations that we're having to live up to. I'd like to know who made those rules, (laughs) because they're just not fun. That's Lucy Quigley. Five years ago, she confronted an intense midlife identity crisis and survived what she calls her darkest day. To turn things around, Lucy had to ask some critical questions. You know, I started to think about, well, if this isn't who you want to be, then who do you want to be? Who is that person? And that was really the first time I'd ever really given any consideration to who I am. On this episode, Lucy shares the story of her darkest day and the expectations around being a woman and a mother that led her there. We hear how she was able to reinvent herself through a unique approach to journaling and the amazing new places that this practice has taken her. Welcome to The Breakout a show about smashing through life's little boxes and forging your own path. I'm Dr. Carrie Ulrich. And I'm Kelly Gunther. Carrie and I are people and change experts and best friends. We've spent more than 25 years helping organizations navigate change and get the best out of their people. Come on, we know change is hard, but staying the same can even be harder. On The Breakout, we prove that you can escape expectations and best of all, we show you how. I am just like any other midlife wife and mom, but I did go through a really rough identity crisis, which is also known as a midlife crisis. I don't like that term very much, so we'll go with identity crisis. (laughs) But on one exceptionally dark day for me, I broke, and it was in breaking that I was able to rediscover my true self. And I did that through journaling. What was life before this breaking period? What was life like? Well, there's two ways I can look at it. One is what I thought was going on at the time. We always have hindsight, you know, it's 2020. But in the time, I was just living life like anybody else. You know, I was taking care of my kids. I was a wife. I was working. Our oldest was getting ready for university. And that was the tipping point for me. You know, that's when I really started to question who I was and what life was going to be like when my kids were gone. And for me, it was filled with a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknowing. And I felt completely alone. I didn't talk about this with anyone. I did the good old, you know, bury down deep inside and, you know, keep soldiering on. You've got work to do. (laughs) And uh, it all caught up with me. And, you know, I, I talk about my darkest day. And my darkest day was, whether it was for, you know, a few moments in time, minutes, I don't know how long, but I contemplated ending everything because I was that lost and broken. But I also realized that it wouldn't solve anything. I'd be passing on a boatload of problems to my husband and my kids. And, you know, essentially, that's not what I wanted. But I did something that was unusual for me, I would say, at the time. Unusual in the sense that I used to think this stuff was weird, (laughs) 
granola woohoo than that. <laughs> and that's and that's when I completely surrendered. I surrendered to the universe and I just like I begged, just give me one thing that I can do right now to pull myself out of this tailspin. This dark moment. What was presenting as I was very happy with everything and with my life. And then when your son left is when it triggered, or do you think there were things at play before that? And this was just the moment that brought it all together when your son left for university. He'd already left. And, you know, there's a whole sort of part of the story that involves us moving to a different city, moving back to where I was raised. At the time, my husband was still at our original home, I was living with one of our sons with my parents, and then our other son was at university. So, you know, part of it was also having everyone scattered and realizing that everybody's life was just messed up because of some of the decisions I had made. That wasn't any one thing. It was a compounding effect of everything. It just, you know, I think we all realize that there's a point where We've taken all that we can take, mm-hmm. and some of us have somebody we can reach out to. I didn't feel that I did, and, you know, obviously that was part of the problem. Mm-hmm. But somehow I found the strength, and this is where, you know, you sort of evolve into the woohoo, is that somebody came to me that day and gave me an answer. What was that that universe telling you at that moment? When I asked this question, you know, what came to me was very simple. I started to think about, well, if this isn't who you want to be, then who do you want to be? Who is that person? And that was really the first time I'd ever really given any consideration to who I am. You know, many midlife women today, we were raised in the 80s. We were raised being told that we could be the mothers, we could be the career woman, we could do all of this. You know, life was written for us. It was this list of things that we had to check off and, you know, magically you were going to be happy. And many of us did that only to get to, you know, midlife and realize, well, wait a second. Mm -hmm. What about me and all of this? And that's not to discount who we are as wives and mothers. I love everything about my life. But I couldn't see it at the time Mm -hmm. because I had forgotten who I am. That's when Lucy instinctively picked up a pen and paper and began writing down some simple statements about herself. She also started to see how a lot of her choices had been shaped by cultural expectations. What are some of the other expectations were you confronting throughout all this? I'm going to take it back again to the 80s because, you know, part of our culture in the 80s is who didn't love the evening sitcoms? You know, our life revolved around the TV guide and what was on and, you know, what was going on on this show. And, you know, I look back to some shows like Growing Pains, Family Ties, and they portray these strong women who are career women who also somehow can get up and make breakfast Mm -hmm. with their hair done and their makeup (laughs) and everything seems perfect. And then at the end of the day, they're making dinner and this all just seems normal. But then when we try and live it, that's not real life. That's not how it goes. But somehow 
you know, this generation was told, in a sense, yeah, you can have it all, but you also have to have it all. Mm. You know, I don't think there's much grace given to women anymore that want to be wives and mothers and be really good at it, and that's it. We're still facing, you know, a lot of stereotypes when it comes to being in the workplace. And what does it mean to be a woman working, having a career? What does it mean to be, you know, a woman with a career and a family? Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these expectations that we're having to live up to. I'd like to know who made those rules <laughs> because they're just not fun. Right. That's why Kelly and I want people to break out of these rules, Lucy. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because it's not like I was ever one for following rules in the first place. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't that type of person. But somehow this just seemed like what everyone was doing. Mm -hmm. And I went along with it. Well, like you said, it's so pervasive. And watching those shows, it's interesting. You're so right. It's the mom looks great all the time. All full hair and makeup, all always done, always cooking and doing the career. And something that you said, which we never saw in the sitcoms, was well, what does she want or what is her goal in life? She's always a secondary character to the male in the sitcom. And so that kind of pervasive expectation, no wonder that's what we grew up with. And so for you, even if you think you're breaking the rules, all of society is kind of telling you that that's what you need to do. And I don't know if it's changed any. I mean, we certainly, I feel as women, we're not able to say things like, I want to stay home and take care of children and I'm not going to have a career and that's okay. And then the opposite is, I I want a career and I don't want to have children. And so if you stray from that expectation of, I want to have kids and have a career on either side, it's not quite accepted yet. There's an awful lot of judgment that gets put on women. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. What stuck out, I think, the most is just the pervasiveness of the expectations for women to fall into that path of daughter, wife, mother. That is your existence. That is the path you need to be on. Mm -hmm. Just how freely women are judged in general. Like, I don't care what your life situation is. We'll just judge it flat out. If you deviate from that path, we will question you. We meaning society, TV, other women, men, your family. And that is a tough path to off-road and forge your own. Just how pervasive that message is and how difficult it is to break that. It's pretty incredible that something as simple as journaling helped her push through all that. What are the challenges that you faced in moving forward and how did journaling sort of help you through that process? Because I journaled and I found it to be helpful at times and I found it to be not so helpful at times. So I'd be curious to find out how you found it helpful and if there were any points where it maybe wasn't as a a source of strength for you. Journaling has always been, ever since I started, always been a source of strength for me. It's, It's that reflective time where I've really got to understand who Lucy is. 
but my journaling practice is very specific and it and it started that day that dark day when i started to think about who did i want to be i just wrote down five simple statements about who basically the future version of lucy is and then i got up the next day and i wrote out those same five things and i found just by starting to think about myself every day first thing in the morning it was really starting to tune in and to listen to myself. And over time, those five statements, I blended them into more of an affirmation that tied to my why. And I actually call them why formations now, because they're powerful statements that that are, you know, they're my beliefs, they're who I am. They're what I get up for every day. And you know, I start off every day, I write out those same five things. It's been five years. I write out the same five why formations. And then I have a gratitude passage, the exact same passage I write every single day. I've been doing it for over five years now. And then once I get through that, then I'm really sort of tuned in to where I am. And I just start to write. Sometimes it's me writing. And sometimes I don't think it is me writing. Sometimes I'm channeling something from somewhere. I don't know. I just go with it. I've just always found that going back to my journal is where the answers are. It's fascinating. And I think that's probably the key to why journaling at times helped me. The time of day, I would often journal in the evening and resurrect everything that maybe happened over the course of the day. And I'd sit with it at night. Oh, just before bed. Oh, perfect. Just before bed. (laughs) <laughs> which turned out to be the exact opposite effect that it should have. So what I'm hearing from you is it really did jumpstart your day. The why formations, as you call them, allowed you the opportunity to really um, motivate you and to create a, an affirmation for what you wanted and who you were and, and create that value statement for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, hear a lot of girls talking about, we'll write your goals out every day. But writing your goals out for me is still very, very much based in the masculine energy. And I think, you know, collectively, we're spending too much time in the masculine energy. So when we tune into more of our feminine energy, that's where sort of the magic starts to happen. That's where things unfold. That's where we reveal things. That's where we discover things. And by starting my day, by putting myself first, which is something as a mother we very, very rarely do, if at all, because it was always an alarm or a kid waking you up. That was how you started your day. And you're off to the races. Mm -hmm. And as you said, Kelly, you weren't thinking about yourself until the end of the day when your cup was empty. You were done. And that's a mistake that a lot of us mothers do. I did that for better part of 20 years. But when you really make that shift to starting your day by putting yourself first, that changes. And by focusing on who you are and what it is that you want, you know, that's where, that's where you really get into the good stuff. Lucy had found an incredibly effective journaling method. It had such a profound effect on her life that she's created a guided journal that she now sells on Amazon so that anyone can use the same daily practice she does to help give them focus. I really appreciate her structure on the journaling and writing at the beginning of the day, 
telling yourself that I can do these things and here's the five, the five statements, my why formations, it's a great way to start your day. Why would you want to start your day by getting up and saying, I feel fat and ugly today? Like that's a horrible way to start your day. Why don't you start the day the other way? And how even when she said it, I could feel myself as a female going, oh, I don't know if we should talk that way about ourselves right away. Like you're being too uppity and fancy by putting yourself first because you have a husband and a child or a career that you're supposed to put above you. It was such a shift from what she had been doing. And so that had to have been such a dramatic change, but it was one that was so important and meaningful for her and that she has made it a mission to share this message really reinforces how committed she is to making sure that other women have a support system around them and that people don't feel alone. Since 2018, Lucy has been sharing her story and exploring midlife issues on her podcast, The Roller Coaster of Midlife. And it's reinforced just how important this conversation is. I have noticed the more the more I share my story, the more women I connect with. It's not a unique story. Sadly, it's not a unique story. Suicide in midlife women is on the rise. I think it's by the year 2025, we're going to have over a billion women in menopause. Yet we are only the third generation of women to experience menopause. So think about that third generation. And that's because of the average life expectancy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what we're going through is very unique to us. You know, my grandmother would have been amongst the first generation to go through menopause. But that generation, you know, post-war, they're just used to, and I'm British, so, you know, this the saying is stiff up for lips, soldier on. (laughs) You know, you just get on with it. My mother's generation, they had the introduction of hormone therapy, but there was still the just get on with it attitude. And I really think now we're getting to the point where for various reasons, women are starting to come together and say, well, wait a second here. I'm not dealing with something that needs to be cured or injured. I am a real person with real feelings. And I really need to pay attention to who I am and what I want for myself for the next part of my life. And you're seeing, Lucy, more women start to say that. What do you attribute it to, that more women are using their voice to say, this is what I want in this next part of my life? I think the power of technology is uniting women more and more. You know, podcasting, Facebook groups, all of these things are where these discussions are coming up and where women are starting to realize, no, I don't have to suffer alone. This isn't normal. You know, there's things I can do. There's a way forward. I'm not broken. I'm not lost. And I think, you know, what's one good thing that women are good at, as mean as we can be to one another, we're also really, really good at building community. It's what women have done historically. And I think we're just finding a new way of doing that now, using technology and all the resources that we have available. And I think that's why we're starting to see it more is because, you know, the world is our stage now instead of, you know, what was our own community, our own tribe. 
if we can keep building on that and sharing the stories, because I think you're not alone is such a theme. In so many people's stories, you think you're alone. You think you're the only one who's going through this midlife crisis, or I'm a midlife mom. I'm the only one going through this. And so I'm so happy you're sharing your story and other moms will hear you and know that they're not alone. So tell me where you are now and what you want to do next. What is the next step for Lucy? Oh, so all of this led me into podcasting. I'm getting close to my 300th episode. That'll be coming out in April. And what I'm working on next is I'm actually putting together everything that I've learned and everything that I've done for myself to bring myself from, you know, the bottom of that dark pit to where I am now. I'm putting that all together and I'm sharing that with other midlife moms so that they can see that they're not stuck. They're not alone. They just need to find their own way. What I love about your story is the the very kind of step-by-step process that you can really take people through and that it does take some time and some thoughtful reflection too. It is uncomfortable. There's a, a quote that I read as I was preparing for our show today. And every time you take a step out of your comfort zone, there's a new comfort zone to get uncomfortable with. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Well, and that's exactly where I am because sure, I've got 300 episodes on my podcast, which is which is pretty damn good. Absolutely. But I'm still bumping up with things like imposter syndrome and limiting beliefs because I have stepped into a new zone. And with that new zone comes a whole boatload of new fears. It doesn't change. Right. But by having the why formations, you build that confidence, you get more comfortable with who you are, the expectations that you have for yourself become more clear And hopefully you become even more of an inspiration to yourself and to others as a result of that process. And I think that's, again, something that we have to remind ourselves to do is just to take pause and go, wait, wait a second. Look at what you've done. Mm -hmm. Look at it. And a lot of that comes through having these conversations and having it mirrored back to me from hosts like yourselves is that, you know, when somebody else looks at you and goes, wait, you did what? And then you're like, okay, wait a second, that was maybe special. But I still have a tendency to downplay it. No, it's not that big of a deal. Well, no, actually, it was a pretty damn big deal, you know, considering what the alternative could have been that day. Exactly. Considering that if you had decided that life really wasn't worth living or there wasn't a reason to get out of bed or, or whatever the decision, we may not be talking today, Lucy. And instead, you're 300 podcasts, you're celebrating in April. You're giving everyone the opportunity to hear your story and to decide for themselves how they want to maybe take a pause and create an affirmation for themselves and create a why formation that is inspirational and motivating and reverse course. So you're you're with someone, you have one minute, they're stuck, they want to break out. What do you tell them? What advice do you give? First of all, I'd want that person to know that they are not alone as hard as this may be to hear, they are exactly where they're supposed to be. They're not broken. They're not lost. They've just forgotten who they are. Now, if you think back, as wives and mothers, we knew that we had to plan our weddings. We had to get ready for the birth of our children. You know, we meal planned. We had cleaning schedules and play dates and calendars. We had all of that stuff. 
And now, now it's time to plan for us and what we want. And I think that's the part that we've all forgotten. That this, all that energy we used to spend on other people raising our kids, that energy is now for us. This is where we get to be whoever it is that we've dreamed of being. Lucy, it was such an honor to speak with you and to hear your story and to hear all of your valuable insight and for being so vulnerable with us. One of the greatest things that we hear from our podcast is just the vulnerability that comes from each of our guests. And I was on the verge of tears as you were sharing around what you tell someone who wants to break out, that you're right where you need to be, because that's why we created the podcast. So my sincere thanks to you for being with us and for choosing to remain with us and to to share your story. We're so grateful for you. Carrie and Kelly, thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story and to connect with any woman out there that uh, is going through an identity crisis. I love it, Lucy. I just, after what you said, I wanted to interrupt and say, hot damn, preach exactly what people need to hear. And (laughs) you're not selfish as a female if you put yourself first and think about yourself in the morning. Like I really want females, I know we all struggle with it, but you're not selfish by putting yourself first and thinking of yourself and then taking care of yourself. Then you can help others. So thank you, Lucy. We're so glad you're here and telling women it's okay and they're not alone. It's a beautiful message. Thank you. Thank you. It's so hard if you're focused on your family, your husband and your child, your wife and your child, and that is how you define yourself. When they Mm -hmm. leave the house, that is such a significant shift because your whole reason and your whole purpose is now gone. Same thing when you have a career and they they fire mm-hmm. you that day or you lay off and you think, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? Because I defined myself through this job. I defined myself through of my wife slash husband, my spouse and my children. I don't have that and now who am I? And so I think her questions of who am I and for me, it was, what do I stand for? What's my purpose are so important? Regardless of kids, spouse, anything, you need to have that grounding because life can be upended fairly quickly. And if you don't have that grounding, it life is much more difficult. She's found an opportunity and a channel to communicate her message, very powerful message, and to tap into an audience that is incredibly influential in our, in our world. If this episode inspired you or made you think, give us a five-star rating and spread the word. It helps us reach more people who just might need these stories. And don't forget to subscribe to The Breakout so you never miss a new episode. I'm Kelly Gunther. And I'm Dr. Carrie Ulrich. See you next time.